Welcome to episode two of The Social Dilemma. Hello, my name is Chris Solomon, and you are now tuned into the Social Dilemma podcast. I am once again joined by Tyler Doze, Leona Donnelly, and Jalen Williams. Today's podcast, we're going to be talking about YouTube and TikTok and how their algorithms work, how you fall into the, uh, the infamous YouTube rabbit holes, and how TikTok and YouTube know what to recommend you. And with that, let's get into it. So with that, I turn to my panel and uh, have you guys ever fallen into a YouTube rabbit hole or uh, just uh, how much YouTube do you watch in general? And we'll start with Jalen. Um, I did fall into the rabbit hole of watching um, the different Wild and Out clips. If it was like DC Young Fly um, or a bunch of different celebrity um, artists that came on to uh, the show. Um, it's all comedy and I love to laugh at all of their jokes, them roasting each other and everything. So. I watch YouTube probably about like two hours a day. And the last rabbit hole I found myself in, I was watching like two hours worth of Jerry Springer videos just because they're so addicting and like it plays one after the other. So I would say that. Was it like something you were planning to do or did you just kind of find yourself into it? No, I just clicked on one and then I just found myself watching like 10 more and I like couldn't stop. All right. And uh, we'll turn the question to Tyler. Have you ever fallen into a YouTube rabbit hole? Yeah, absolutely. So I actually do watch a lot of YouTube, just like Riona does as well, probably a couple hours a day. Um, and I would say that I've definitely fallen into many rabbit holes. And most recently, um, I have a perfect example of that. I was looking up cars and like fast cars, car chases, things like that. Uh, and I ended up getting into the rabbit hole of like police chase videos, which then continued on to um, regular policing videos like police interaction and things like that. And I got into a really um, deep rabbit hole of content that I wasn't really seeking out and I didn't intend to be watching. And then uh, next thing I know, the next couple of weeks, I'm constantly seeing videos like that. Um, so I definitely have gotten caught into a rabbit hole, especially recently. Yeah, I think that uh, the common thing amongst uh, when you fall into the rabbit hole is like you weren't intending to, which is like a kind of a testament to how powerful YouTube's algorithm is how good they are getting you to watch things. Uh, me personally, I usually find myself like falling into it when I'm looking at like tech reviews to like try to buy stuff that I can't afford. So like most recently, um, I was looking for some headphones just cause I was in the market for some. And then I found a, a nice review channel, which I recommended me some headphones. And then after that, I just kept clicking on more and more videos, just on other stuff that I might want just cause it looked cool. And it was uh, interesting to me. And then like, fast forward two or three hours later then like, and I had stuff to do and I'm still watching videos and like the time just flies by. It's interesting that you mentioned tech products because when YouTube was just becoming popular and the algorithm was starting to change was back when I was in around uh, sixth or seventh grade. And that was when I was looking up lots of different videos. And at that time, um, tech was a little bit out of my price range as a sixth and seventh grader but it was also interesting and also new, but it, it was my first experience of a rabbit hole as well with those similar tech channels. I was watching one tech channel and the next thing you know, um, I was watching for hours. I was up until like 3 a.m. like looking up iPad, iPod reviews, like any sort of tech. 
And I think that the algorithm kind of led me there. And when I was a kid and I didn't even realize that that was happening. Yeah, and it's like weird too, cause like you'll watch a review of like the same product and like you'll see like three different videos of the same thing, but like you're still just watching it. Cause it's just like that innate like desire to like consume content within your brain. And like just YouTube just does like a really good job of like just keeping you on their platform, which I think is what makes it so uh, attractive to advertisers. Okay, so with uh, just a little bit on how YouTube's algorithm works. Um, so at first YouTube would basically prioritize views. So whatever got the most clicks, whoever was looking at your video, that's what would get boosted in the algorithm. This was like early YouTube. And uh, obviously throughout time, YouTube discovered that somebody can click a video, watch it for 10 seconds, and then just leave it immediately which um, doesn't do well for their retention time, which is ultimately what they're hoping for. So YouTube went from prioritizing the amount of views on a video to the amount of retention time. So if a person was to watch a video for 10 minutes, which is generally the goal, then you have eyeballs on the video for 10 minutes, which means you could place advertisements between the video and uh, which will attract uh, advertisers. And uh, with this change, you kind of saw like the uh, shift in content on YouTube. So uh, short form content like animation and like uh, things that take more time to make kind of fell out of favor for uh, long form content that's easy to create. This is why you see like things like uh, video game channels, like playing a video game for an hour are more popular or podcasts in particular are really popular these days. And that's because YouTube's algorithm uh, recognizes that A, they're really easy to produce and B, they uh, keep the uh, retention of the viewer for a long time. So you're going to see a lot more of those now. You haven't seen a lot more of those now into the future. Another thing about the algorithm to know is that not only is uh, just the retention time of the, of the video that you keep of your viewers is important. It's also what they click after. So if somebody is watching your video and they go to something else completely different, it means that uh, YouTube's algorithm thinks that you're not uh, interested in the channel or their videos since you only watch one thing. But if you click that video and then you watch like 30 different videos on that channel, YouTube's gonna think you're very interested in that channel and then they're gonna keep recommending you that, uh, that type of content. So with that information in mind, uh, what do you guys think is the best advice for an upcoming content creator for media students like ourselves? Yeah, so you brought up a lot of important things to talk about in terms of retention on YouTube. And I think that applies to media students and media professionals in general in many different ways. I think it's important for us creators to understand the importance of that retention. Um, and what that means is the content that's being created has to be, it has to be professional content that people want to see um, in order to retain that retention um, from viewers. So more advice based on looking at the algorithm and what YouTube has put out would be also to focus on the frequency of videos uploaded um, so that the channel has more videos to recommend. Um, but it's also important to look at the title, the tags, and the thumbnail involved in the video as well. The thumbnail and the title is the first thing that people see when they see the video. So it's important to look at those factors as that helps feed into YouTube, YouTube's algorithm. So another thing with YouTube um, recently is uh, they have an algorithm that like watches the video for you. And if you do anything that's considered 
not friendly for advertisements or advertising, basically they'll demonetize your video on the spot. So for example, one of the hot button topics is like coronavirus. So if you say the words COVID-19 or coronavirus, YouTube will automatically demonetize that video. Or if you curse too much, or if you like basically do anything that YouTube doesn't like, they'll take away your advert revenue. So do you guys think that it's okay for YouTube to automatically demonetize these videos that like, people make their living off of? Or is it something that should be done on like a case-by-case basis? Um, I feel like it's, it's a, it should be based on case by case for um because of the whole pandemic that we currently are living in right now with the coronavirus. Um if somebody speak on that, I don't think that their video or their ad should be taken down because that's what we're dealing with right now. So everybody needs to, to be uh aware of what's going on um daily. But for the cursing part, um due to the kids and everything, um I do think that uh, somebody's video or ad should be taken down because that's not really the parent consent of letting their kids um, hear cuss words or everything or something like that. But I think that it's the responsibility of like the parents, in all honesty, because I know when I was younger and growing up, my parents would kind of watch what I was watching, put like parental controls on it. So I think if you do that, like I think whatever kids view is like the parents control you know all right so for that we'll uh we'll end this conversation and we'll move on to tiktok so now we're going to talk about uh tiktok and uh how it's like just blown up in comparison to like other uh, social medias in recent times so the uh what makes tiktok so uh, attractive for new uh, content creators is the uh, for you page and uh, how it distributes this content to uh to users so basically what TikTok does is when somebody posts a new video, uh, they'll give it to like a small group of people. So like that cluster will see the same video. And depending on how they engage with it, then TikTok will start recommending it to more and more uh, different clusters. And that's kind of like how videos go viral. It's like an exponential thing. So as long as that initial group kind of interacts with it, that's what allows it to blow up. And for that reason, it's why you see so many uh, new uh, creators on the scene on uh, TikTok because it's a uh, algorithm is so friendly to content creators and just like blowing up that um, it's going to bring in just like a lot of people. So something interesting that uh, came up recently with TikTok was, uh, was uh, something they implemented that was, uh, it was anti-bullying measure. So users that were vulnerable to cyberbullying, according to them, which uh, included people with uh, autism, Down syndrome, uh, facial disfigurement, uh, and disabled people with some facial problems, such as a slight birthmark and just like et cetera, et cetera. And this is a uh, TikTok's words. So obviously um, what they would do is uh, they would uh, not recommend those videos to certain people. But what this did was like limit the growth of these creators. So basically what TikTok was doing was discriminating against these people. So I guess I would pose the question, um, did TikTok have the uh, right idea is there a better way they can go about it, basically? Yeah, so after hearing the information that you just said, um, I really don't think it was the best way to go about it. I think that TikTok should have just trusted in the algorithm that it had in place um, and the marketplace of ideas where 
if those videos are demanded, then the algorithm would continue to push them. I think that um, silencing people's voice just to because they think that they know what the mass population would be interested in um, or silencing them to try to protect them isn't the right way to go about things because it actually hurts them more than it protects them in my opinion so i guess like when i think about it i think this was intentional by tiktok and i think they might have thought to like hide behind this uh this like cyberbullying like shield uh shield basically so they could claim that um they were trying to prevent cyberbullying when in reality like they thought something else was like marketable and like this might have been like a business move so that's kind of like where i think they're coming from and like obviously it's like a like a gross way of thinking but like when you think about like how a business wants to make money, they're going to obviously prioritize what is like what they see as like attractive. You know what I mean? Yeah. It seems very discriminatory if you look at it like that. Um, because at the end of the day, like we talked about in previous episodes and in this episode is that the algorithm algorithms are ultimately trying to get our eyes on the screen um, for those advertising dollars. So ultimately it looks like this was a business decision by TikTok. Um, which would drive their profits up while discriminating against marginalized groups of people. So I think that um, you can look at it like they may have been trying to um, do a public health service, but at the end of the day, it really seems more like discrimination if you look at it. So I guess uh, knowing what you know about uh, YouTube and TikTok, uh, what would you recommend to uh, upcoming content creators? Would you think uh, starting on TikTok would be b more beneficial to them or uh, starting on uh, YouTube, the uh, more established platform? Okay, I definitely think um, it's TikTok because I've seen a lot of creators on my like For You page, either like Etsy shops and stuff promoting their stuff. And they kind of show like the whole process, how to do it. So I think that's really good for promoting your stuff. I even bought like my necklace from there. So I think if you're an up and coming creator, going on TikTok is where you'll get the biggest audience first. Um, I feel like because right now everybody is really into TikTok videos. So if people want to get a uh get their videos put out there for everybody to see, I feel like it'll be better to to um use TikTok, but then work towards um YouTube the bigger platform of uh of videos and everything um i would have to agree slightly with both jalen and riona because um tiktok is the most popular platform at this moment the way it's emerging uh, especially with younger people so i think and especially with the way that the algorithm works it encourages videos um to go viral much quicker so I think that if you are someone without an audience and you really want to get your content out there, TikTok is the best way to quickly grow an audience. But I think ultimately, um, if a user wants to make the most money, um, having videos on both platforms would be important. Um, and having longer form content on YouTube will retain viewers' attention better and ultimately drive them towards creating whatever sort of sale that you're trying to get to, whether that be merchandise um, or a, a video series or something like that. So ultimately, I think TikTok is great for growth. Um, and then transitioning into YouTube, it would be great for retention and profitability.
I guess uh, while we're on the topic of this, I would say I'm following up with that. Just um, if you're an upcoming creator, I would like diversify your content as much as possible. So not only should you be doing YouTube and uh, TikTok, you should also be trying to do a uh, Twitch, um, Instagram, uh, basically any uh, service, Twitter, uh, Facebook, have your uh, content is like be everywhere and be able to be found. So if you search your content, you can go click on Facebook, Google, YouTube, whatever. Um, and uh, just having everything out there will also have uh, multiple uh, sources of income. So you'll have an income from one uh, platform and another. And uh, basically it, it keeps your options open basically. So if you see like a lot of growth is happening on one platform, you could target that one more. And uh, just keeping your options open is always gonna be a, uh, the better choice for a content creator. I agree with what you said about it's very important to diversify content across platforms, especially making sure that your name is out there and can be reached if it's being searched for. Um, just one quick little thing of advice for the people that are listening is just make sure not to spread yourselves too thin. Uh, I would say definitely make sure that whatever platforms you do choose to use, as you should choose multiple, make sure you're looking at how the algorithms work and what works best on that platform and create content for those specific platforms. Because um, if you try to make something, for example, for TikTok and then just throw it on Facebook, throw it on um, Instagram, throw it on Twitter, the reaction on those platforms won't be the same um, because interaction and the algorithms work differently on each platform. So I would just say um, definitely diversify your content, but do it properly. All right, some uh, great advice all around. Um, and with that, I think we'll wrap up. Join us next time where we're gonna be talking about Amazon and just our shopping habits in general and how uh, algorithms influence those. So uh, thank you for listening and we'll see you guys next time.